Welcome to Real Time Real Estate, a podcast brought to you by St. Louis Realtors, your voice for real estate. All right, welcome. I'm Charlie Hinderleiter, Director of Government Affairs for St. Louis Realtors. And we're here to talk to you today about the municipal survey a tool that the staff here at St. Louis Realtors have developed for our members. This is something we've done in the past and we've updated this in 2020 and released it late in the year and want to share with you what it is, why it's important and what it took to put this together. So this municipal survey lives on our website and it also lives on the blog of St. Louis Realtors. And what this does is it takes an overview of the 90 governments that St. Louis Realtors covers, St. Louis City, St. Louis County, and the 88 municipalities within St. Louis County, looking at categories such as signage, occupancy permits, inspections, registration, and licensing to better help you, our members, follow the law and understand what the rules are across a fragmented region. With me today to help talk through this are Sam Hall of the Warner Hall Group of Dealman Sotheby's International Realty and the 2021 Vice Chair of St. Louis Realtors Advocacy Committee. Also joining us is Danielle Finley, the Political Fundraising and Advocacy Coordinator at St. Louis Realtors. Thank you two for joining me. Thank you, Charlie. Sam, let's start with you. Why is this a tool that's important for you, your business, and our members? Well, often agents in our office will ask each other uh, about different municipalities and what the rules are related to either inspections, the processes in terms of signage, what you can put up um, directional wise outside of neighborhoods, what's allowed inside certain neighborhoods. Um, and then also the, just the transactional process once you get into um, home inspections and the, the like. It can be a daunting task to keep up with the rules and regulations in all different 88 municipalities and 90 overall government entities that are in the St. Louis greater metropolitan area. Um, so having a document like this that you guys have been good enough to put together, if uh, people in the association don't realize, Charlie, Danielle, and much of the other staff at the association are responsible for putting together resources like this. If you have a question and no one in your office knows the answer, often the St. Louis Association of Realtors has thought to ask that question long before you did and come up with an answer. So a document like this is just great in that it's a central area to go to, to try to find at least the most updated that the association has been able to find information on what the rules of regs are in each one of these different municipalities. And Sam, why is it important, particularly for our region here in St. Louis, uh, for a project like this? Well, some people either don't know or just accept it as reality that um, St. Louis is this peculiar place in the United States where we have uh, St. Louis City, which is a relatively small geographic area. And then we have St. Louis County that has all of these different municipalities within it um, that are all independent, um, but fall within a county government structure. Um, and that is a very unique situation throughout the United States. Most of the time you have um, one county area that has a major city within it and the government structures are very clear and there are all, not all these overlapping jurisdictions. Um, that creates all kind of unique complications in St. Louis. But for us as real estate agents, and especially for those of us who are very busy and work over multiple municipality areas, um, it can be somewhat daunting to remember what's unique in this area versus another area. For instance, we do a lot of business in Clayton, and Clayton doesn't have 
a municipal occupancy inspection at time of home sale, which is wholly unique to Clayton and compared to the surrounding municipalities like University City, Brentwood, which have very aggressive occupancy inspections at time of home sale. Well, Sam, thanks so much. Danielle, let's turn over to you. You were the project manager for this update, and it took about a year to complete. We just released this in late 2020. Tell me about what went into this project. Thanks, Charlie. Uh, the government, government Affairs Department at St. Louis Realtors began this project in about the middle of 2019, researching, obtaining, and contacting 90 local governments, 88 of which are municipalities lying within St. Louis County. We developed a research questionnaire sent via mail and email as the first phase of outreach with the goal of distinguishing one municipality's real estate codes from another on signage, permitting, inspection, and registration. One would think, oh, sure, I crossed the street into another city and the codes would be the same. And most of the time they aren't. By early 2020, though, only one third of questionnaires were returned to us. In turn, and facing the reality of what was supposed to be a simple project turned into a complex one. We needed assistance to track down results from the 60 governments remaining that didn't respond to our multiple email and letter attempts. So we reached out to our friends over at the Municipal League and our attorneys over at Lewis Rice to track down the remaining city ordinances. And amazingly, after all the research that uh, we have done tracking down um, these cities, there, there was a lack of credible contact information, codes made available to the public, or a website lack thereof. Still, even after having contacted these municipalities several times over um, and working alongside a research team, we still don't have information for um, the following municipalities. And that's Beverly Hills, Champ, Country Club Hills, Country Life Acres, Glen Echo Park, Hillsdale, Norwood Court, and Wellston. We're still working to better update this tool as we move forward. So, Danielle, we're making a tool to make it easier for our members to follow the law in these cities. And it sounds like that was a to get a hold of that. And, and some of these are, are small municipalities that in, in other parts of the country certainly wouldn't exist as a municipality, as a government. I mean, Champ is a population of 13 people. Um, some of these cities, as you said, don't have websites, don't have their ordinances up online. Um, some of them we could not find at all. Um, it, it sounds like this really was a, a, a much more challenging uh, project in terms of trying to get these cities to cooperate than, than we anticipated. It was much more challenging. It was supposed to be what seemed like a simple project. It turned really into a complex one with many different layers um, than one would expect um, in contacting them, reaching out, making phone calls. Um, you know, and our goal is to have this tool, provide this tool for our, our members and collecting this information to create an organized, distinct grid spanning the multitude of real estate codes in this area. And we put it together for our members in one place. Now, we're continually updating it, but it was it was a challenge, uh, especially with it being uh, much more fragmented than we had hoped. And Sam, uh, talk to us just a little bit about this notion of this as a moving target. Yeah, I think it's important for everyone to realize that this is a document that will certainly has evolved over time will continue to evolve uh, as we move forward. Uh, changes that we expect to see coming forward, uh, at least from my perspective, many municipalities are going to be facing shortfalls 
this year into next year um, due to the pandemic and the economic effects of a lot of the businesses within these municipalities. And therefore, they're likely to start uh, relying more on the county inspection uh, department to do some of the business that they used to do because there will certainly be layoffs and furloughs. So, you know, just because of the nature of one, we would hope some of these municipalities would merge and uh, governments would streamline and become more efficient in our county, city, region overall, um, which will change this um, largely. But also there will just be uh, changes that are a result of the world we live in today. Um, so this document obviously is something that's going to change and evolve as regulations and rules change within the area. And both of you, I know Charlie, uh, who keeps an eagle eye on this, and Danielle will keep this updated for all of our members to utilize. And I'm sure once this video is done, you'll be able to put a link somewhere in this or just under it on the page that it lives on. And all of our good members will be able to find it. Um, and I encourage everyone to do that. Absolutely. Uh, you can find this on St. Louis Realtors blog or, or on our website at stlrealtors.com. And we will absolutely be dropping a link before this. Sam and Danielle, thanks so much for joining me today. Thanks, Charlie. Thanks, Charlie. I'm Danielle Finley, and this is Realtor Party Talk, a brief segment with members like you discussing advocacy issues in the importance of the Realtor Political Action Committee, or RPAC. Joining me today is Ro McCabe, who is a realtor at Berkshire Hathaway Alliance. Why do you invest in RPAC? I've always been an advocate because they really help us fight and support us with legal things and make a, a lot of things available to us that we take for granted, such as the most recent one was fighting the fight for us to be essential services during the pandemic. And in uh, talking with the other agents from other states that their state regulated, didn't allow that. They had a different life and they did not have the advantages that we did. And we could pretty much continue business somewhat normal, showing property, working contracts, closing. Uh, we had changes like curbside closings, but we were able to still function. And that was thanks to our pack and thanks to their fighting our battles. Others that, that they continue to fight for us is um, avoiding and declining sales tax on our commission on services. And that, that's a big deal to us. That affects our business. If we had to pay sales tax on our commission and our clients had to pay tax on their sale of their property, like they do in some locations, it would be a different climate that we enjoy the benefits of our pack. You just listened to Realtor Party Talk. Thank you for listening to Real Time Real Estate, a podcast brought to you by St. Louis Realtors. Join us next time for more on real estate news, trends, and industry insights. And be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. St. Louis Realtors, your voice for real estate.